Hello and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with awesome theme music from Jisula. Find out more about her work at jisula.com. That's spelled G-I-S-U-L-A. Like the everything is on fire. Oh my God. But I, I have guests and I'm so grateful to them being here with me. Hi, everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, actually, why don't, why don't y'all... Um, Introduce yourself so people have an idea of who they're listening to, so they can recognize your voices. Hi, I'm Nate Taylor, and I am the Chief Creative Officer over at Dwarven Forge. Hi, I'm Eli Alexander, and I'm one of the lead sculptors at Dwarven Forge. Hi, my name is Nina Heath, and I am also one of the lead sculptors at Dwarven Forge. Hi, Nate, Eli, and Nina. Thank you guys so much. So... I, so I'm absolutely thrilled to have Dwarven Forge on from a nerd standpoint because uh, I've been hearing all about Dwarven Forge for years, uh, mostly through my experience being an absolutely and absurdly large fan of Critical Role and seeing all of the incredible tools um, and things that you make for Dungeons and Dragons. So it is an absolute pleasure for me to be able to talk with people who are this huge creative force and... Um, it's also uh, really exciting for me as a member of Raider Free Brooklyn because I found out that Dwarven Forge actually started um, and is based out of Bushwick, which is where, of course, Raider Free Brooklyn is based out of. So we are basically neighbors. So little did we know. And it's absolutely thrilling to me. <laughs> a secret nerd enclave a has secret been uh, located enclave. within striking distance of your headquarters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, um, why don't we get a brief introduction for those who may, for some reason, not know who Dwarven Forge is, um, a bit of a description for what Dwarven Forge does and what exactly they create. We, uh, we make a premium gaming accessories uh, specifically known for our hand-sculpted uh, gaming terrain. We make three-dimensional modular gaming terrain so you can build these unbelievably immersive worlds for your game uh, or just build them for fun because let's be honest it's like building with toys like it's you know it's Legos it's the Legos we always wanted when we were like eight or whatever now exactly. <laughs> however old we are now. No yeah. age limit on wanting to build stuff. Yeah. Yeah awesome so I mean but it, so it doesn't strictly have to be Dungeons and Dragons just just where it's most known at this point. Yep, I'm seeing a lot of miniatures are on that same scale. People use it for, obviously, yeah, obviously yeah. Pathfinder or um, people use them for war games. You'll see a lot of uh, Warhammer on Dwarven Forge terrain. You'll see Frostgrave. Um, you'll see various uh, creative uses. I've seen someone build a, a version of the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea <laughs> or some sort of... Uh, Gracious. You know, Victorian science fiction scenario. So um, all kinds of all kinds of great stuff happens. People, people diorama with it too. People, I play with my kids with it. It's yeah. like, you know, it's nerd toys, Absolutely. artisanal nerd toys. That's Absolutely, fun. yeah. Um, um, well, how much has Dwarven Forge grown over the years? Like when, like so what? Tell us a little bit about the start, like the start of like Dwarven Forge, because obviously, um, I have this this great descriptor from one of the founders of Radio Free Brooklyn, where they remember. Like they, they just told me this casually where they were like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were li like, we were living in the same building and saw this guy, like saw these guys like building like figurines, like in a room, like in the same building as us. <laughs> and, um, 
Like, is that really, like, is that how it felt? Just a group of friends, like, a group of people who came together just to build stuff? That's kind of still how it feels. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a few more of us, but um, it's, we have, what, 20 people now, maybe, including some part-timers, but um, mm. it's still a very small company, um, and there's still, a you know, a, a core of us that um, have known each other for quite a while. I mean, it, it did all start with one guy, with Stefan Pokorny, um, right. who's our kind of semi-retired guru, mastermind, crazy wizard uh dungeon master um sure he lives out in seattle now so he leaves <laughs> running of things to to the rest of us for the most part aside mm -hmm. from putting in his his uh creative point of view from time to time i mean he's still um kind of our our spiritual leader if you will but he's um he's pretty the much cult leader the, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but uh we started getting involved around the time um or just after dwarven forge did its first uh kickstarter campaign which was a big success Man. Um, and that helped the company grow to where um, there could be several of us working on this <laughs> at all well, times. That was, um, that was the big shift where it went from kind of a guy in his parents' basement making art to a bunch of people in a basement making art. It was yeah. like that, yeah. that, sort of that big leap. <laughs> um, and it's been, it's been really growing. All, all um, it took was a little money, huh? Yeah, it turns out. It, it help. It helps if people buy your art. I mean, amazing, amazing how yeah. that works. There's, there's a fun. Uh, we made a fun movie about it called The Dwarvenaut. D W A R V E N A U T. Uh, I don't know what platform it's on anymore. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. Uh, it's definitely up on Amazon. You can find out it's a documentary that tells uh, one aspect of the uh, the arc of the company. It's pretty fun. Cool. So then, how did you all find Dwarven Forge? I feel like everyone that's joined is it, like in the beginning we were sort of a ragtag band of mercenaries who all <laughs> came in for diff for different reasons. Yeah. Like I, I um, was studying art at one of the art schools that Stefan had also attended, the Art Students League of New York, hmm. um, and I it was suggested to me that I go check out this job with this guy in Brooklyn. And I'm like, oh, that's very convenient. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah. And I show up and this is when we were still actually in his apartment. Mm. So like I called him and he's like, okay, come at 9am tomorrow. And I show up and I'm like, oh, this is, this is somebody's apartment. This is not like an office or anything. So, and he, he went back to sleep for a bit and then I was just painting. Oh, just casual. You're just like, oh yeah, here Just go. casually. Yeah. <laughs> there was a whole period of time where you'd show up at Stefan's place and you'd be like, is he wearing any clothes? Is he awake? Is he like, what's the, you know, what are we, what are yeah. we getting into here? He's a free spirit. Yeah. I crashed at his place a few times, the first few times, because I, I live in Northern Vermont and I've been sort of a, I've been telecommuting to Dwarven Forge since before the, before the dark times. And, um, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but I was, I, I was subjected to some interesting snoring bouts between him and another sculptor, particularly Drew, <laughs> Drew Williams. So we'll go ahead and name names. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> shout out um, to Drew yeah. Williams. Yeah, I guess shout out yes. to Great Drew. snoring. Yeah, great snoring he, and great sculpting. He does he a lot snores of his amazing music. sculpting, yeah. adequate snoring. Uh, no, more than adequate snoring. Um, yeah. It's, they're equal. But, uh, yeah. Well, Eli, you came in because you did a really cool Kickstarter of your own. Yeah. 
Um, I was sort of an admirer of Dwarven Forge from a distance. I became aware of their first Kickstarter, and um, at the time I was sort of sculpting for D&D for, just as a hobby. Um, I was a professional carpenter and writer at the time. Um, yeah. And I, I ran my own little Kickstarter for terrain to be compatible with Dwarven Forge, and Stefan called me up and said, hey, want to do some stuff with us? <laughs> and I said, sure. Sure. And uh, hopped on the train and came down to New York and, and uh, immediately started doing pieces for the city builder system. Um, and never looked back, really. Um, so, it was sort of, yeah, it, kind of a, <laughs> a takeover. It was a... and, and there was this, <laughs> this crazy happens. guy with a mohawk uh, when I got there. Who said, yeah, it was basically... Yeah. <laughs> it takes over your it takes over your life. Well, I I mean I was doing a lot of freelance a with way. a lot of different companies when I started working at DF and then that mm-hmm. immediately stopped and I have only worked here for it's like 6 years now. 6 years. I I saw the uh the first Kickstarter and I'd I'd seen Dwarf Forge in like Dragon Magazine and it was always sort of un, unattainable for me and then I saw the first Kickstarter and saw hey like this, uh, this guy's located in in Brooklyn here in New York. Like he's, you know, we're neighbors. So I I sent an email. I tracked down the info, which was surprisingly easy. It's, it's pretty easy to find stuff on the internet. Like, like, <laughs> Dwarven Fort security, uh, not so high. Uh, <laughs> so, and I I sent Stefan an email. I said I think you know your stuff is amazing. I think your videos aren't very great. I was I was making uh, TV commercials. <laughs> okay. I said I, th- I think I could do better. Can I you know come in and, and do something? Wow. It so, took I mean, over my life. It was insane. <laughs> you guys just chose this for yourselves. Well, we yeah. if you love gaming and you love making art, then it's kind of like the perfect combination of those things. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, and we've yeah. we've spent the, you know, we've spent the last 6 years turning it into the 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 ideal place that we want to be. Like that was sort of also what was fun about it is it was mm-hmm. really, you know, Dwarven Forge was this, was sort of like clay itself, right? You could kind of, you, you could kind of mold the thing because it was very like Stefano's is very free. Like it was just like, I don't know, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? What's the thing? And we were able to kind of push it in a direction to be, uh, be something that was sustainable and, um, so kind uh, of like the ultimate... collaborative artistic place where nerd gamers, yeah, yeah the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate collaboration. collection of nerd gamers making that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are all of your experiences with gaming? I started with first edition D and D back when I was a youngin. Mm-hmm. Um, my my pal Alex got, was given the basic the first edition books. Uh, we were like seven and eight years old, and I said, "Whoa, this is cool!" And um, immediately came home and told my parents I was going to make my own role playing game, which I called A and A Action and Adventures. Oh my goodness! Um, and that was mostly what I did for the next many years was was actually homebrew games that were D&D like although I did fantasy and science fiction and mutants and you know post apocalyptic I did all kinds of crazy stuff I've kind of come back around to 5th edition um still kind of with an eye to designing yet another of my own games but wanting to you know knowing that 5th edition did a lot of things really well and wanting to play around with that a bit and also yeah. appreciating having at least some of the stuff that I didn't have to write myself. I'm in the middle of writing a, a fifth edition compatible bestiary, but um, <laughs> but even so, like I wow, don't have okay. to. I can still use the monster manual if I want, which is nice. So uh, yeah, I've been yeah. Nina, how about you? So um, I actually got into RPG games through video games. Where I grew nice. up, like 
I would occasionally see people playing what I came to understand was Dungeons and Dragons as a kid at the local comic book shop. But they were like, you know, older guys and I'm like this weird kid and I'm like, didn't know what they were doing and they weren't really going to explain it to me. So I was just like super, <laughs> super curious. Uh, but yeah. I've, I've played like RPG video games for a long time. I, so I finally got to be playing um, tabletop games uh, late high school into college. Finally found someone who could run a D&D game. Kind of fell it? in love with that immediately because oh, I liked the... The storytelling aspect. I love the idea of collaborative storytelling with people, and that you know, with a with a video game, you're sort of like locked into what's already there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's open world, you're still kind of locked into what's already there. But like a dungeon master can create anything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's lim- It feels limitless, and it's you know, with with a bunch of friends, so it's more interactive for me. That's incredible. Still do both. Definitely, still do both. Do you ever probably too much DM yourself or? <laughs> I do. I I haven't since the dark times started. Um, Running games is a lot of fun. I like I like winging it. I like coming up with kind of a plan and then just seeing how it goes. Uh, A woman after my own heart. And you've read like every fantasy book they've ever. Anytime anybody mentions a fantasy book and most sci-fi books, and you're just like, yeah, I read it. So I feel like you have so much to draw from. (laughs) You know, I've honestly, I'm not going to lie. I've stolen, I've stolen stories directly out of like a book or a game. And then like, they won't know. They haven't read it. They haven't played it. It's fine. (laughs) And sometimes they do know. (laughs) And you know, but then like you're in on a secret at that point. It's like, if they like, oh, that's from that thing, isn't it? And you're like, yeah. And then you both like, well, you know, when you don't plan. If you haven't planned, you got to run a game. It's like, all right, um, we're going to choose a side quest from, uh, you know, Morrowind or something. Yeah. Why not? Storytelling is always retelling. Then, you know, just retell it again in a different way. Not going to go the same it, way. It never goes, video game never goes the yeah. same way. Nate, so how I, about you? How would you get into the games? Um, similar to Eli, I had um, one of my cousins gave me D&D books. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early 80s and uh it just like blew my mind and i you know that's basically all i did mm. uh, i was running you know by in fourth grade i was dming at recess for the other nerds that like, you know yeah. didn't want to go play kickball and get pegged with the ball so uh and then 89 or 90 there was an article in dragon magazine about nero this um larp thing it wasn't even called larp at that point it was like just live you know this, they were like live action, live action role playing like, yeah. what yeah, so I started, um, and I was I was fourteen, which was the cutoff age. You could just you could start playing at fourteen. So we, uh, I went and it blew my mind. It was, suddenly it was five hundred people in the woods in costumes with armor and whatever, and I was like, "What is Gracious. this?" Yeah, although it was that you know it's similar to the, Nina's video game story where you're like, "Oh, you kind of think this is endless open world," but like I wandered off the edge of the campsite. Like I thought I didn't, really, you know, I'm like I'm going to the woods looking for trolls, and I found the road, and then I got lost in the road. I'm like, ah, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. it, uh, the edge of the world is funny. But uh, and I, I, I kind of did a lot more LARPing than I did tabletop for uh, for a chunk of time there up until, I don't know, my late 20s or whatever. And then uh, I dove back into it. Third, 3.5 was around then, which was suddenly like mind-blowing and um, mm. really kind of cool. And then got yeah, fourth edition, then fifth edition. And, yeah, yeah. Kinda now as a, know, as, a, as a grown-up with kids, it's uh, a little harder to get LARP time in, but Man, I can, uh, especially with remote play now, I can play D&D uh, more, more easily than anything. 
Oh yeah. It's the best. Let's so get here's on a question for you. Okay, well you Wait, can ask this question you... and then we should move on with the gameplay. What do you got? <laughs> have you have you ever have you played with uh, have you played with Dwarven Forge Terrain? On your I team? have not had the pleasure. All right, so you're gonna have to come. Uh, you're gonna have to come to our office, and, and uh, once you know, as soon as we're not like living by the light of the flaming streets outside, we can <laughs> you can come on over and uh, <laughs> come on over and play a game of D and D with us. So. Oh right, I yeah, I would, I would absolutely love that. Um, but mm. let's warm up and see how we actually play together by playing a little bit of our own Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, but of course, before we do, we have a couple of on-air reads for the station, so we're going to do those really quick, and then we'll get into the gaming. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, hey, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City and check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. So you know what to do. And if you go out, wear that mask. Also, as a reminder, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Uh, please help by pledging whatever you can. Ready for Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Uh, please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at readyforbrooklyn.org slash donate. Thank you so much in advance. Let's do this thing, yeah? Woo! Let's Woo. do it. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, so we are playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. I have created the story myself. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons is a game that has many, many rules in it. Um, if you are looking for kind of a primer and understanding of all the different rules for this game, um, I highly recommend that you listen to the Gameplay Radio Archive. There's an episode called An Intro to D&D where I literally take newbies who have never played the game before through the process as it is here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our random dice rolls. Um, also, before we begin, we are using a safety tool for this game called Lines and Veils. Uh, so these Lines and Veils um, are basically a safety tool that allow us to delineate things that we do not want to see in the game. So lines are hard lines that like it does not exist in this game, it cannot exist. Or we have uh, veils. Veils are things that are kind of like hidden, you know, kind of like the fade to black scenario. If it were a television show or a movie, things that aren't seen quote unquote on screen. So we're using lines and veils. And the lines we have are for, there will be no homophobia, no racism, no gratuitous violence, and no harm to children. Because we you. want this to be a fun game. Okay. Woo. Woo. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going to give y'all a brief kind of description of the setup for the game, and then we'll have my lovely players describe their characters, and we'll get into the game. You all have made your way to a mysterious town called Impetra, settled in an area surrounded by mountains. It showed up quickly over the course of a year, and word spread of the challenge issued there. Enter the stone tower, complete the challenges inside, and the goddess Lyra of Joy will grant you your greatest personal desire. Thousands have made their way to Impetra to complete the challenge. Some didn't make it past the mountains. Many have not survived the challenge, leaving people waiting for their return on the outer walls. And a few have said that they did complete the challenge, but you're not sure if you believe them. You three have made it through the mountains and to the tower, but the tower only lets people in conveniently in groups of three. So you're about to go in together. Why don't you all introduce each other? We've adventured together before. Uh, what what are we, an affiliation, a guild, a confederate, a uh, alliance? We're a cabal. A cabal. <laughs> An adventuring company? <laughs> the cabal, right? So we're, we're, a, we're a tight-knit cabal of uh, adventurers who have great <laughs> trust and faith in each other. Okay. And we're mostly here just because Ruthus said there's a there's a tower and he's a curious cat and wants to go in. But, uh, I'm playing uh, I'm right. playing mm-hmm. Selkin Glimmergliss. I'm a uh, high elf uh, bard with unbelievably fabulous hair. It's kind of a mullet. It's big and flowing and flowing fabulous clothes. Um, and I specialize in enchantments and charms and getting myself into a lot of trouble where I have I'm happy to have big strong physical friends to get me out of it. Nice uh, pronouns. He and him. Um, so I'm going to be playing Chug. Chug is uh, it's it's short for Combat Humanoid Ultimate Gladiator. I am a Ward Forged Monk from the School of the Drunken Master. Pronouns. Um, and pronouns they them. Thank you. So so yeah. Anyway, I I'm, I'm wearing a tuxedo coat with the arms ripped off. I'm wearing um, a, a nice hat that I found on another adventure. I'm a patinaed cop- copper color, very mm. steampunky looking kind of warforged. Nice. And I am playing Ruthos Greyweather. He is a tabaxi, a catfolk. Um, he's, um, oh, about six foot five tall, like most tabaxi, rather sinewy, very fine whiskers, very big tufted ears, a bit lynx-like, uh, silver gray fur with brown stripes. Um, interestingly, his... Uh, upper chest and shoulders have red scales rather than fur um, as a result of a, a magic item that was bequeathed to him by a mentor who was a dragonborn, and so it's kind of become part of him, as it were, a draconic mantle. Um, it also allows him to uh, spit sparks and snort smoke out of his nose, um, just purely cosmetic, but it can be intimidating at times. Um, most of my training is as a fighter, but I also have a bit of rogue and a bit of barbarian about me. Um, I hail from a fishing village in the islands, and I am searching desperately for my missing sister and brother for different reasons. They disappeared at different times, um, but nice. that's me in a nutshell. And how long have the three of you been traveling together? Oh, probably known each other for a year or so. A year? What is what is time? <laughs> what Are those cat <laughs> years? So that it's uh, yes. And you've decided to arrive at this door, the stone tower which um, the tower itself did not look very impressive from that far away. But now standing in front of the doors, as you look up, you can't actually see a top. Some sort of enchantment has made it look like it has stretched and grown. And uh, 
the thick and very big, also very big uh, wooden doors in front of you. They open inward into, um, into a room. You can't see anything in this room. For the sake of time, I'm going to tell you that you enter it. The door closes behind you. So you find yourself in an area that you can't see anything. Um, there, there's, there's no visual at all. Uh, but as you step into the center, you hear this kind of strong but somehow st soft at the same time voice kind of speak overhead and it goes, Hello, fair travelers. And all of a sudden, these like lights, the way that like neon lights would pop up, like these doorways, forest green doorways kind of pop up and like appear in a circle around you and all you see are these doors. And um, How many? There are 20 doors. That's a lot of doors. A lot of doors. The voice ahead of you says, You have made it into my tower, which means that you are on a journey of most deepest joy to find your dearest desires. I wish you to do well, but you must first prove yourself to me. I will give you three tests. The first test is that you must pick a door. If you pick the wrong door, you will lose and be expunged from the castle. Fail to pick a door in 10 minutes, and you will also be expunged from the tower. Your time starts now. Oh, friends, seems well presented by 20 dares. I'm guessing we've got about a, I don't know, I'm no mathematician, about 3% chance of getting to the right one on the first tray. I'd like to look at the doors and uh, see if I can see anything distinctive about each of them. Yeah, um, make an investigation check. That was a whopping seven. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> uh, they all look pretty similar. They all have this symbol on them, uh, which is this kind of triangle. It's a triangle symbol. Um, at the points are uh, stars, um, but it's not connected. It's just three stars in like a triangle shape. And the triangle pointing upwards? Yes, triangle is pointing up. It's on every door. Can I use my arcana? Can I make an arcana check to try and uh, see if I can glean any information? Do I know powers of this symbol or any of the origins of it? Yeah, go for it. Like? That's a 19. Arcana is one of my things. Nice. So uh, you recognize that it's not necessarily a symbol of particular magical power, but a symbol of the power of a deity. Like, and as you're looking into this and with your with your high role, you kind of understand and remember that the the goddess's name is Lyra. This symbol, while it has power, only has power in connection to her name. Uh, so it is her symbol. Hey, Chug, do you make anything of this? What do your mechanical eyes see? We should just open one of the doors. It makes no difference which we choose. Ah, I would beg to differ. Perhaps she said this one. No, 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 cease, cease, hold. <laughs> Negative. Deactivate, deactivate, freeze. Don't move. Deactivate. The wrong one. Powering <laughs> down. Wait, wait, no, not all the way, not all the way. Just enough to not yep, open the door. Powering no. back wait. up. Just, just stand by, stand by. Uh, entering standby mode. For, why don't we think about it for nine and a half minutes and then pick one at random if we have no ideas? Are there any other um, distinctive markings in the room beyond the doors? If the doors are all essentially the same. Uh, make another investigation check. That's somewhat better. That is a uh, 13. 
they seem pretty similar, you know, as you kind of go around, maybe you kind of like look around the floor, you know, you notice like you see that the shadows look a little different, but like, is that because that makes the door different or is that because like the lighting is different on that door because of the way I, it is in the room? Like, you're not exactly sure. I will listen. I will start listening at the doors. Okay. Make a perception check. Oh, good. That's much better. Okay. That's a 22. You cat senses are quite keen. As you put your ear to each of the doors, you hear a door. So you don't hear anything else. <laughs> and nor do I smell anything. Is there how high how high is the ceiling? You see no ceiling. Oh, chug. Well, as as you look up, there is no visibility to a ceiling. It's just kind of at a certain I point can check you just the can't height see of the ceiling. Else. Yeah, <laughs> chug. How I can take chug out do my this? power pole. Go, go, power pole, extend. And it just keeps extending up. It goes oh, up 50 feet, so, so if it's so, taller than that, it will just... Oh, I just said 50. It was capped at 30 feet. Hmm. It, it raises up 30 feet. Stops. Doesn't hit anything. Hmm. I jump while oh. holding it. How high do you <laughs> jump? It, it, it doesn't oh, really matter. You, ju you jump as high as you jump, and the pole jumps up, and it hits nothing. There is no ceiling. Well, <laughs> there could be a ceiling just beyond your reach, you know? There is no ceiling. I have checked. I am 73.4% certain that there is no ceiling. Lyra, Mistress Joy, I know you're listening there. Is there any clues you can give us? You know, we're big fans of your work. <laughs> We'd love to hear some more. We are your biggest fans, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> I'm 73% sure that's true. This is a test. You must discover what you must in order to pick a door. I'm going to cast Fairy Fire. It's got a 60-foot <laughs> range. I want to cast it 60 okay. feet up in the up high, see okay. if it lights up anything up above. Fairy Fire is it's more... It's going to just create a 20-foot area of like right. anything in there will we'll get its gleam and... You know, if there's bad guys waiting for us in right. ambush so, so you at shoot, the 60-foot mark. You, you shoot up these this, these sparkles and, like, this beautiful, like, oh, wow, look, it's so it's so colorful with these, like, with this incredible vibe. It's it's a little bit like looking through, like, a soap bubble, you know, a little, like Ooh, when you get yeah. those, like, colors in it. Um, and as you as it kind of waves around in the air up there, um, it's it doesn't seem to be catching on any enemies or anything like that. It just that. keeps going up forever, or as far at 60 feet. No creatures up there. Uh, Chug, I think you're right. There may be no ceiling in here. I have a question. Why are we attempting to discern if there is a ceiling when we must open a door? <laughs> I was hoping there might be a clue up there. You know, how about, how about the flare? We're looking for a trick we... answer, I suppose, is, is what's going Let's on. Let's open this door. I point to a door at random. Yeah, I'm looking for a secret trapdoor. You're going to look for, for trapdoor? Okay, there's make... no way to distinguish between the doors. I guess that's an investigation check. Since you're looking for it. Oh, that's a natural one. Okay, so <laughs> you're feeling along the floor, and it's like, it's just, it's a hard surface. It doesn't really have a lot of texture, but every once in a while you feel around something, and you're like, oh, is that a crack? And you kind of like feel along that for a little while until it doesn't like it's not it doesn't seem like it's anything and so you keep feeling around you're just like oh it's that one and you follow that for a little while you're basically just crawling around the floor like feeling with your hands 
right. Okay, I, I pause and I just kind of lick my shoulder, you know, the way cats do if they're mm. doing something stupid and you kind of catch them at it, you know. I just kind of like <laughs> pretend. I just kind of wanted just... to like sweep a little bit of dirt out of the corner for a minute. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm with Chug. I, I, whatever, whatever choice you choose, Chug, I believe in you. Ruthos, are you in agreement? Sure. It's time let's uh, to let's choose together. I open a door. I I just pick one at random. <laughs> All right. You open that door. You see. You see this like this kind of like glowing light on the other side, and she says, "Congratulations! You have passed the first test." And all the other doors open, and you see that there's the same light coming from all of them, and they fade away. And uh, she <sighs> says, "Please proceed through the door." As I said, I kind of think of that at the beginning. Well. Yeah. Well, you know, if she's a goddess of joy, perhaps she just wants everything to be a right answer. So no matter what, you get some joy out of it. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. She, she's, she's the, the she's the mistress of having no wrong sugar. answers. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Chug, I I think you're onto something. I'm following you. In fact, you know Go what? Go through the door into the light. You're so on it today. I believe in you so much. I'm gonna give her bardic inspiration. All right, mark yourself with one bardic inspiration. And it's a D8 right. if you need it. Selkin, you have my gratitude. I feel I... greatly inspired. Oh, why don't you show me how inspired you are? Let's do something epic. <laughs> Going through the door All into right. the light. You, you, you go through the door. The door closes behind you and disappears. I will now give you the second test. In the second test, and this little... Uh, green pixie, this uh, this male pixie shows up and he's like kind of buttoning around, kind of waves at you guys. And she says, in this test, you will be safely delivering this delightful little pixie to his family on the other side of a vast plain. And as you um, look in front of you, you see this kind of overreaching wide expanse. And you see like, it's interestingly, it's like it's in grids, like it's one after another, like there's kind of kind of a grassy like area in front of you with like some trees and then after that you see kind of like this dry desert and then after that you see like this kind of hot like volcanic area and on the other side you see like a little a little glowing beacon on the other side deliver the pixie to his home over there oh and um one more thing all of a sudden your gear is gone so are we naked? You have simple clothes. <laughs> you have like kind of a basic set of clothes. Um, <laughs> Is my Borat underwear? Did I lose my mantle? <laughs> I actually take physical damage if I lose it. <laughs> okay, that stays, I guess. But like your weapons are gone. Uh, your armor is gone. Weapons, armor, magic yeah. items that are useful. Yeah. Right. And she says, you must survive on your skills and your wits. Joke's on you. Right. My armor is innate. <laughs> You almost hear like little. <sighs> oh, so you fine, fey fellow over there. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Ruthos. Who are you? It, the the pixie opens its mouth and uh, the voice of the goddess comes out and says, "This is merely a vessel for you to deliver." This vessel oh, has a family. Fun with a fine pixie. This <laughs> vessel is a metaphor. But we must deliver oh, vessel right. to vessel's family. Yes, you must. I think I there's some sort of poetic in a riddle game in. somehow. <laughs> delivering a metaphor. What's a metaphor? I mean, what's it for? The for you should be good at that, Selkin. Uh, 
I will okay. pick up the pixie by the scruff of its neck like a kitten. He's right, dragging yeah. the metaphor out. Yeah, okay. The pixie is just like, like dangling. Okay, so are you guys just walking? I will um, lead the way as I am okay. still armored. <laughs> okay. Um, so am I, actually. Okay, so for the sake of time, this is actually I'm going to make this into a series of survival checks. So uh, traveling across the three planes will require three days of travel. And at the end of each, you're going to have to make a survival check because uh, you don't have any of your gear. So uh, the first day y'all are traveling through this kind of foresty area, it's actually kind of nice, you know, lovely little streams or whatever. But, but uh, when you finally find that you need to rest, um, you find that you don't have the sustenance you need. Was my flask taken as part I'm of my old. equipment disappearing? <sighs> Probably. Oh. Hmm. Is it? Does it look like there's anything I'll edible? I'll do a little hunting. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. You might have to I'll, do a I'll little hunting. I'll around see if I can find some desert desert mice. Whatever. Yeah, make a survival check for me. Wait, before you go, Ruthus, I know you're a fine, fine feline hunter. I'm going to inspire this hunt if I will. Maybe inspiration. All right. It's an um, extra D8. Um, all right. Well, then. In those sharp case, cat ears and those sharp cat uh, teeth. That was a 21 sharp with cat. my inspiration. Hey, uh, yeah. Stock. I'll say you successfully find a couple rabbits and something enough to feed the, the three of you, and the metaphor can can survive without food, so you're good. <laughs> he didn't find any uh, alcohol for our fine mechanical friend, did he? Yeah, Chug. Oh, do you some, need some, do you need alcohol? Some wild to, beer to function. I I do. I absolutely do. I'm gonna just get uh, more and more sober the le the longer I go without it. Ooh. ooh. Um, oh yes. Wait, wait, wait. Before, yes. before, but I don't know if it's gonna work. I'm gonna you. I want to cast. Um, I want to cast uh, major image, my third level spell, to make a delightful uh, bottle of uh, like a little travel size bottle of alcohol. Maybe a placebo effect for uh, Chug. Make a little. Oh, All right, oh, Chug, I guess what I, could I should I found do a perception. Yeah, check you should here. do a perception check there to see if you this, if you believe it. This is a. Oh. This is. It's a magic. I got a, a natural one. <laughs> you got a natural one. <laughs> It's a fine, eighty-proof metaphor. Uh, it's a delightful <laughs> liquid oh metaphor. You drink this up; it'll get you through the night. <laughs> Thank you, Selkin. This is exactly what I needed. I thought so. I want to give myself some inspiration. <laughs> okay, so you get through the first night. You have a lovely rest, and uh, for the sake of time, we're going to keep moving forward here. Um, you you pass through the desert. It's dry. It's it sucks. Um, there's nothing around for miles. Um, I want you all to make a survival check for me. Oof. Oh. 17. 17 as well. Modified 20. Woo! Nice. Okay. You do all get a point of exhaustion. You you were all just under on that one. Um, but it's it's just moving along. So you all have a point of exhaustion from that, and as you wake and as you move forward into the next day, you're traveling through um, the lava-y area. It's hot. It's 
dangerous. It sucks. Make another survival check. Oof. And this is at disadvantage because we're exhausted? Yeah. Oh, can I can I give them inspiration to talk them through the tough uh, this tough terrain? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, so you guys each, uh, I believe you can get through. I've seen you get through worse than this, your friends. 18. 18. Nine. With inspiration. Yeah, it was real oh. low and yeah. <laughs> barely yeah. helped. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't work. Hmm. So that's another point of exhaustion for you all. So now your speed is halved. So you have disadvantage on ability check and speed is halved. Does it can we see the beacon? Are we making I, I uh... mean at this point, like you've you finally come on to the other side and there's this this beacon there. And it's this little, like, this tree made out of ash. And there are these, like, little pixie little people there kind of waving. And your little pixie metaphor waves and flies over and they're happy. And then it all kind of glows bright again. And you hear the voice going, congratulations, you have passed the second test. And it glows again. And then all of a sudden you find yourself... um, on this actually and this surprisingly defined floor these stone walls this kind of stone floor and um in the ceiling above you you see this kind of like lo- what looks like a stained glass ceiling and the image you and the image you see there is this kind of very like kind of beautiful dark purpley image um mm. with this image of um this woman with kind of like long like hair that kind of wraps around and there are like these stars around her and you st- you you in- think that this might be Lyra um and the voice goes you are almost done with your test with your tests you only have one more test three is simple you must confess you must lay yourselves bare before your compatriots prove your sincerity to the goddess of joy Sacrifice your privacy for the thing you hold most dear. Oh, friends. I think I have to come clean to you. To graduate to the the College of Glamour, I had to put together my thesis. The green and the gold is epic elven ballad, but I'll be honest, I plagiarized a vast majority of it. And that might have been why they expelled me, but... (laughs) But yeah, I'm not a great... I'm not a great bard or a great poet. You are a great bard, though. You do inspire us. Perhaps you're not a writer of famous epics, but you say things that matter. As far as I go, I i should admit I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what, if I do find my brother, whether I'll be able to best him and bring him to justice. I'm, I'm afraid... If I find my sister, I'm afraid that she's no longer alive. And I don't know what I would do if, if she were, if she were dead. And if I realized that I, I could have saved her if I'd only been quicker. I'm not sure I'm equal to the task, even though that's all I've sought for years now. I guess there was something I must come clean about, too. When you all tell jokes, I will frequently go, ha 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 ha, ha 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 ha, but I have never once understood any of your jokes. 
Oh, you know, Chug, you may claim that you don't understand comedy, but you're the funniest person I know. Uh, Is that sincerity? Aye, that's from the bottom of my little fey heart. Ruthos, you will best your brother, because I will help you. Aye, and I. You alone may not be great enough, but you've got strong friends. Well, that's a comfort. I I don't know if I deserve you, but um, I'm certainly glad to have you along. You hear this great big sigh, and the voice goes, You know, I'm not sure if this is really that fun for me. Like, and, and from um, above, from this uh, stained glass thing above you, um, this purple bubble thing um, appears or like starts like drifting down from above it. And inside of it is um, this very hungry looking chimera, like a, this creature that has these like claws and like a lion's head and a dragon's head and like a, a like a goat's head and these wings and it's it's roaring and hissing and scratching and it's it looks horrible and hungry and and the creature descends to the floor and this chimera um is unleashed upon you all and um now you have to roll for initiative i think this guy's a bit of a jerk uh, most uh, are. That was a whopping now, eight. Now I get to roll. Yeah, thirteen. Fifteen. Okay, so this chimera has landed. It's roaring at you, but um, it. You guys were prepared, so Ruthos, not Ruthos. I'm sorry, Chug, go first. I will delay my action until after Selkin. Alrighty, Selkin. Uh, I am going to uh. Uh, and blow a series of purple bubbles in its face in the form of a charm monster, my fourth level uh, bone and fourth level spell slot again. Okay, that's a it's charisma a DC, check, right? Uh, wisdom, DC 14. Sorry, my DC 14. Not that great. I got a 15. <sighs> Failed. Oh, is that, and so then, as uh, as a my bonus action, I'm going to um, yell to Chug. Go do your thing and do it hard and give her bardic inspiration. <laughs> All right. So turns out it doesn't like getting bubbles blown in its face. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going it in says with the, the compliant pole. Okay. Um, let me see what my attack is first. You gave me bardic inspiration, right? Yep. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay, so that's a twenty-one to hit. That definitely hits. All right. So first attack. Um, 13. 13 damage? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to do the flurry of blows. Alright, well, the first one is, um, a 5, and the second one is a 6. Okay. You really punch this chimera. You punch it all over, and it's really not happy about it. Okay, I'm also gonna drunken technique right after that and um, disengage. Okay, so Ruthos, it is your turn. I'm gonna charge up to mm-hmm. it, I'm gonna attack it. I'm gonna use my cantrip Booming Blade, my, okay. my uh, 
rapier becomes wreathed with uh, sort of electrical energy. Ooh. And I strike out at it. That was a 25. Oh, yeah, that'll hit. Ten points of piercing damage plus five points of thunder damage. And right. it is now wreathed in thunderous energy. If it moves from its space, it will immediately take 2d8 thunder damage. Oh. <clears throat> okay. It's the Chimera's turn now. So the Chimera is going to... Um, its dragon head is going to fire breath. And it's in a 15-foot cone, which... I, I assume is going to aim at, like, going to include all of you. You must now make a dexterity saving throw, please. Seven. Woo! Fourteen. Seventeen. Twenty. Okay, so... <laughs> so, Stalkin and Chug, you both succeed. Ruthos, you do not. So, I just rolled... And actually, um, I take half damage from fire because of my draconic mantle. Great. Then all of you take half damage. That's going to, and that means that you all both take set. You all take seventeen points of fire damage. That's the Chimera's turn. Chug, it's your turn again. All right. Wonder what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna attack it with the compliant pole again and follow that up. Am I, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna do the unarmed strike and I'm gonna do the flurry of blows. Do it. That's going to be a 22 to hit. That hits. It's like I've forgotten how to do addition. <laughs> All right. So Me too. Me too, my first, friend. First attack. Ooh, that's good. Um, that's uh, 14. 14 damage. Okay. Okay. Um, and the unarmed strike. All right. Um, that's seven. And then the two flurry of blows. Um, nine and six. You you really you're punching it and it's it's starting to like kind of buckle under its own weight a little bit. It's really not doing well. Selkin, your turn. I'm going to uh, conjure up some glorious flickering purple fairy fire. Um, so I'm blast it with some fairy fire. It's a DC 14 dexterity save. Dex save. Not as I want bus. to read this thing and like just. So that's a four. All right, so then I'm going to, as my bonus action, I turn to Ruthus and say, all right, it's your turn. Go finish off this guy and uh, give him his bardic inspiration. And then I'm going to take my move to get as far away from potential dragon breath as possible. Okay. With pleasure. Yeah, all right, so I'm going to come in and make uh, make two uh, rapier attacks. Okay. <clears throat> the first one is a 20. That hits. And the second one is not so great, but I think I'll add an inspiration to that. Because right now it's a 12. Does a 12 hit? I don't think so. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, but I bet a 19 hits. A 19 definitely hits. Okay, so first one with the bonus of the um, sneak attack will be... 18. 18 damage. damage. Okay. Yes. And then the second one is not so great. It's 8 damage. So that's 26 points of damage. Yes. Yeah, that's all that's all you need. 
Uh, it was really so close to dead. Any last-minute flourishes to this? I'll get it through the, the dragon head and then backward through the goat head and then <laughs> sort of vault off of Chung's, uh, Chung's back and come down on the... Uh, what's left? The lion head. That's an yeah, evil I'm cat. Gonna, I'll fastball special no you over to it. Nice. <laughs> no patience for evil cats. That's a practice for my brother. All right. <clears throat> you, you do that, and those heads are all beheaded. There are no longer heads, um, and the chimera is defeated on the ground, very dead. Um, and as you successfully do this, there the um, voice overhead goes, oh, well, I mean, you guys are such bummers, by the way. You're such bummers. I tell you what. You're a bummer. Okay, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I think you're incredibly wrong. Can you show yourself? What are we dealing with here? I, I mean, I guess I'll show you. You see, you notice that the, the stained glass thing above just like clicks out of existence and in Boop, out of nowhere, there's this person. It's this uh, woman who has this kind of, like, you can see, like, there are similarities to what you know, like, what you've heard and what you've seen about Lyra. Um, but it's almost as if it's, like, an evil twin sister, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, like the, the makeup is a little bit more, like, intense, and the hair is, like, shinier and, like, slicker and... Um, like all of her features are pointier and, um, but even so, like, she also has this kind of like sallow-ish look to her, but like she makes it work. So <laughs> she kind of appears in front of you and she says, all right, name's Lyra. I'm just having a little bit of fun. You know what I mean? I'll still give you what you want. No problems there. Like, I mean, I've done so much to you already. But I, I don't know. Whatever what's your motivations, or it's not right to just be going to toying with people and putting them Perhaps through. Perhaps we should just ask for our gifts. Nay, we should put a stop to this. Although I've been fucking with you, I have about like uh, 500 more of those Chimera guys like packed away. Like I can just bring them out right now and kill you all. Uh, all I need is one chug, and I got it right here. This is a good area for level oh, grinding. What a move. <laughs> It's also possible that we can stop what you're doing, not by fighting you, but by pointing out that there might be something better you could do. Have you considered that you might find more joy in actually helping people? <laughs> helping people? Have you tried it? What's in it for me? Well, what's in this for you? I mean, you get to see people, like, think about their lives and worry about their safety and have these meaningful conversations with each other and all of the all of the emotion and the and the decision making and the drama of it i mean how could you not love something like this i have just the thing for you you should be a producer we can put on a stage play like the world's never seen you know you want drama you want sacrifice you want high energy you want people clapping and watching you with bated breath let's put on a show and the world is my theater Oh, you're gonna right. have to put on quite the show for me to be interested. Yeah, you're gonna put on the show. The show the whole world's talking about. Mm, people are talking about this show. It'll be to die for. Hmm. Yeah, make Seriously. a persuasion roll. Alright. 
modified 26? I'm telling you, <laughs> you've got what it takes, lass. You know, the world will be watching, there'll be tears, there'll be laughter, it'll be the greatest thing ever. Purple bubbles, you can get your chimeras on stage there. All the metaphors you ever dreamed of, all in one place, packed in, it'll be the metaphor show. And the audience will keep coming back because they won't be dead. Ooh, maybe, maybe I turn this tower into one of those, like, those like theaters where you go from room to room and you watch a story happen. It can be your story, but more dramatic because I can make that happen. Ooh, okay. Okay, I'm, th I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it. You'll have to come back and tell me all of the dramatic things that you do with your life because then I'll just keep adding to the tower. Okay, I'm picturing it now. Huh? Okay, I'll do this. Do we get our gifts? Yeah, sure, like what do you want? I would like the finest bottle of scotch on this entire planet. I like your taste. Done. She kind of snaps her fingers and I there. start chugging it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Living up to their name. Mr. Producer, what do you want? I just want the greatest story anyone's ever heard. That's all. I grant you the confidence and the belief that you are the greatest story ever. I knew it! <laughs> I've got it! My life's scary! It's on the, on the stage! On the screen! There isn't even a screen yet, but we'll make one! This is... I mean... You're right. And last but not least... I would like to know where my siblings are. I need to make that journey myself, but I would like to know where to find them. I like the drama. Tell me how it goes. You know. She just snapped her fingers and then all is just there. Chapter one, the search for Ruth Olsen's and, brother. And then more story begins. Okay, we really have to stop playing now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you all so much um, for being here. And thanks to our listeners for listening to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, is there anywhere that our folks should be following you guys, listening to anything that you say, looking you up? Um, the Dwarven Forge socials. On Instagram, we are Dwarven Forge Official. On Twitter and Facebook, we are at Dwarven Forge. Um, on Twitch, we are at Dwarven Forge Live. And what, what else do we We have a Discord that people can join. Um, Dwarvenforge.com. And if you want to follow me or Eli on Instagram, where we will be posting behind the scenes uh, work in progress stuff. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Eli J. Alexander. And I am at N-I-H-N-A-H. -H. And I'm at Nate Taylor on Twitter. Fantastic. Well, there you have it, folks. Make sure to check them out uh, on the internet, see what they're up to. Um, and Yeah, pay attention to what's going on, play games with each other, have conversations with each other, and um, take care of yourselves. We will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.